Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 134, recorded January 29th, 2023. I'm your host, Charles Kernett. And in today's episode, breathing new life into old banks, lock picking history can teach better digital security, banner price increases, locksmith jobs, products, videos, blog posts, criminals, events, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post clickable links, but you can always find full show notes with all the links at thelocksportscast.com. First off, a quick Locky Awards update. Nominations are closed. They closed yesterday, the 28th. Not a whole lot of nominations submitted, but I do have nominations in every category, so I'm just going to go ahead and press on. I'll try to get them validated and get the list posted before voting opens, which hopefully will be on time on February 1st. If you submitted a nomination and I find something about it, either it's out of the right date range or whatever, I will try to contact you via email to get an alternate from you. Hopefully we won't have any of those, but we have in the past. So just in case, stay tuned for an email from me. We'll start it off with an article called New Jersey Downtowns Are Breathing New Life Into Empty Old Banks. So old empty banks in New Jersey are being transformed into vibrant downtowns. It discusses how developers are repurposing these historic buildings and turning them into mixed-use spaces with a mix of retail, dining, and residential units. The author highlights the benefits of the trend, such as increasing economic activity and rejuvenation of downtown areas. The article also touches on the challenges faced in preserving the historic architecture of the buildings while adapting them to modern use. The author concludes that repurposing the old banks is contributing to the revival of downtown areas in New Jersey. It also says that they pay close attention to preserving the distinctive original features of the buildings, including their impressive facades high ceilings, walk-in vaults, and other architectural details. Some of the new uses for the vaults include conference rooms, multi-sensory therapy room, wet bar and wine room, a collaborative space, storage closets for a vaping shop's products, a pinball and video game room featuring a game called Safe Cracker, and a safe deposit vault that now serves as a hallway. There's a lot more information in the article if you're interested, and the link will be in the show notes. Next up, we have a price increase list from Banner Solutions. Looks like there are several price updates to go in effect on February 25th. Those include uh, Falcon getting 6% increase, Ives GJ 6%, LCN Closers 8 to 10%, Schlage Commercial 8%, Schlage Electronic Security 10%, Schlage Residential 5%, Von Duprin Inc., 8 10%, Zero International Inc., 6%, and Dexter Commercial Hardware, 6%. And then on March 6th, the Dormacaba Mechanical Products, 7% increase, Dormacaba Electronic Products, 9% increase, Dormacaba Key Scan, 5%, and Dormacaba 
RCI 5%. And this was actually sent in, I believe, to go into the events and meetups section, which it does, but uh, also thought this was just interesting. The T2 conference put up a call for papers 2023, and some of the wording on this is, is really fun, so I thought I'd read just the beginning of this here. Tired of your bosses suspecting conference trips to exotic locations being just a ploy to partake in Security Vacation Club? Prove them wrong by coming to Helsinki, Finland on May 4th and 5th. Guaranteed lack of sunburn, good potential for rain or slush. In case of great spring weather, though, no money back. Maui, Miami, Las Vegas, Tel Aviv, or Wellington feel so much sunnier once you've experienced the lack of infinity pools in Northern Europe. Instead of palm trees, we can offer you actual saunas in a high-tech environment, which is a weird combination of demo scene, widespread Linux adoption, mobile internet with uncapped flat rate data, and long history of IRC and image boards. T2 offers you an audience with a taste for technical security presentations containing original content. This is your chance to showcase the latest research and lessons in EDR simulation and health check spoofing, hardware insecurity, Inferring information from interference, cloud scale forensics or persistence automation, new vulnerability classes, AI exploitation, virtual machines inside parsers, elegant exploitation of old vulnerability classes, modern defense, dropping zero days during presentations, state-of-the-art memory corruption mitigation bypasses, evasions, safe cracking, satellite and space security, remote vehicle access, or whatever research lights up the eyes of seasoned conference visitors for hackers by the hackers. The advisory board will be reviewing submissions until March 17th. Slide deck submission. Final deadline is March 20th for accepted talks. First come, first served. Submissions will not be returned, it says. And they do include safe cracking in there, so I'm guessing they do accept physical security talks in some level, if anybody's interested. Are you looking for a job in the locksmith field? Well, if you are, we have a couple here. First is a post by Cal State East Bay. Uh, They are looking for a staff locksmith with a salary range in the $5,402 a month to $6,904 a month. There's also the Flying Locksmiths of Seattle looking for an access control slash CCTV service technician paying 33 to $43 an hour. Those were sent my way, and I thought, eh, why not share them? Something I haven't done before is uh, share locksmith jobs on the show. If it's something that uh, you guys find interesting, I can always create a new section for it and make that a regular feature. Moving on to community news, we have an update on the Lockpickers United raffle. By the time you hear this, there'll probably only be about one day left if you're lucky. Donations will officially stop being taken for tickets at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on February 1st. As of right now, I believe we're at $26,946. There's been a big bump in donations over the last week. Please, please, please keep it up. We are well short of last year's record, which was $48,000 something. The drawing live stream is scheduled for 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on February 1st, and that'll be on the Lockpickers United YouTube channel. There'll be a link in the show notes. Over on the UK Locksport forum, a user called Round Rivet has created a thread 
that has a lot of information about Chub Cruiser locks. The thread was originally entitled Chub Cruiser's Variants, Age, and History of. And one of the recent posts is a reference of build features by year of manufacture. And it could be pretty helpful if you're trying to identify locks on online auction sites or somewhere else available online that don't have great information about the lock they're selling. Some of the items that they list here to help identify the year are uh, number of laminations, bolt shape, casing rivet shape, fish logo, paint finish, uh, etc. You do have to have an account on the forum if you want to view the post currently but maybe someone can convince him to create a write-up and submit it to a blog, like maybe Tools Black Bag. I think that would be great and a great resource for the community. Moving on to videos. A quick reminder to check out the interview with the Lockpicker series by the Lockpicker 1969. That series now has 21 episodes. Lots of interesting people have been interviewed. Recent episodes include Jimmy Long's Lockpicking Dev, Terrian, Typer Eagle, and correct genes. So I will have a link to the playlist in the show notes so you can check out those out. SE Lock and Key did another one of their music videos, and this one called the End of US Wiser Official Music Video. This one done to the music of Eye of the Tiger, and a video very much in the style of the original Survivor video. So uh, be sure to head over and check that one out. Independent Quarter 577 put out a video, My Journey Through the LPU Belt System. This covers his journey from white belt through black belt, giving you a feel for what it's like to go through the belt journey all the way up to black belt. Also touches on what the next few locks he plans to pick are. So if you haven't yet started your journey on the LPU belt system, be sure to check that video out and uh, consider doing it yourself. Next up is both a uh, listing for an article and a podcast. This is called The History of Lockpicking Can Teach Us a Lot About Better Digital Security. What would life be like without the humble locking key? It's a CBC Radio Spark episode and associated article from January 20th. And it features computer scientist and cybersecurity consultant Leigh Honeywell, Lily Hay Newman, a senior writer with Wired Magazine, and Skylar Town. The article discusses the history of lockpicking and how it can provide lessons for improving digital security. It highlights the evolution of locks from mechanical to digital and corresponding growth in lockpicking techniques. The article argues that just as locks must continually adapt to remain secure, digital security must also improve and update regularly to stay ahead of hackers. And it emphasizes the importance of understanding the weaknesses and vulnerabilities in current security systems and being proactive in finding solutions. And the full episode is uh, about 54 minutes long. If you listen to the audio version, it's a pretty short article, just a kind of condensed summary. But if you want all the information, you can check, you can listen to the audio version. There is a new post on the Tool Black Bag blog called Gorgeous Cutaway Photos from Keycomb. And to give you an idea what it's about, I'll read just the first two paragraphs of the post here. Keycomb, lockpicker from France, created gorgeous lock cutaways and shared the images online. I believe cutaways to be very useful for understanding intricate lock designs. 
where a good cutaway allows us to observe the elements of the lock while still functioning as normal. Keycomb is an associate professor in mathematics and computer science who got interested in lock picking a little before 2000 after reading R. Feynman, the physicist, autobiography. Like many pickers, he is interested in the puzzle aspect of locks and making a working cutaway is another kind of puzzle. And the article contains uh, pictures of some of the cutaways. They are gorgeous. And you can check that out at the tool black bag link in the show notes. Moving on to products, I'm going to uh, have a hard time pronouncing here again. First up, we have the Opsisec AS store. I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this stuff. This is Norwegian. This features tools made by Carrion, as featured on the latest interview with the Lockpicker series episode. There are several very nice looking tools in the store. Uh, one mentioned in the interview series is the Dimple Pick with Compartment. This Dimple Pick has a thumb screw on the back that opens up for a compartment able to store up to four Dimple Pick tips. And you can get that for $29 if you get the one with the compartment. If you don't need the compartment for the tips, it's uh, $19, it looks like. I will have a link to the store in the show notes so you can check out all the merchandise over there. Looks like he does some really good engineering and manufacturing on those, so I recommend you head over and check that out. And at lockpickworld.com, we have a new Dangerfield set, the Dangerfield Dual Gauge Ionic Matte Black set. It says, introducing the Praxis Ionic, the superior hardened lower friction upgrade to our best-selling lockpick set. Ion vapor deposition makes the pick up to 300% more resistant to corrosion and wear, while the reduced friction improves performance. We took the best-selling Dangerfield Praxis set and upgraded it using state-of-the-art manufacturing technology to improve the profile, performance, and resistance to wear, tear, and corrosion. If you're looking for the ultimate combination of stealth and exceptional performance in lockpicks, you've found it. It says all Praxis Ionic picks come in two gauges, allowing for maximum versatility against keyway profiles. There is a 23 thousandths or 0.58 millimeter and 15 thousandths or 0.38 millimeter. And they are listed currently at $84.99 at lockpickworld.com. Covert Instruments has a new pick case called the Tradecraft Case. The description says, To say that we hate every pick case on the market is an understatement. If ever there was room for improvement in the market, lockpick cases were long overdue for an overhaul. We wanted to put a nail in the coffin of the gaudy black leather gold zipper paradigm once and for all. Introducing the Tradecraft Pick Case, a transport and storage solution designed by people who have actually used this skill set for a living. If we're going to get caught, it certainly wasn't going to be due to a loud zipper or Velcro ripping. Features a silent magnetic closure, can be stuck to any metal surface, including metal doors. Compartments for picks, turning tool sets, card style latch slippers and RFID cards. And it goes for $17.50 on covertinstruments.com. And if you're looking for a gift for somebody, uh, we have the Skyrim Lockpick Display Replica. This was posted by somebody on Reddit. And it is a life-sized Skyrim Lockpick prop. It's a hand-painted resin cast. Um, looks like a screenshot out of Skyrim. It, it, it's hard to describe 
accurately, but it has the, the lock face and it has both of the lock pick tools featured in Skyrim that can go in the keyway there. So anyway, it's unique. It's um, $85 US over on Etsy. And I will have a link in the show notes if anybody is interested. Moving on to events and meetups, we have HCon 2023. takes place February 24th in Madrid, Spain. B-Sides Harrisburg, March 11th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The Lockpick Championship by event in Bergheim, March 25th. Hack for Kids Milwaukee, March 31st in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. B-Sides Nashville taking place April 15th, Nashville, Tennessee. B-Sides NYC, April 22nd in New York, New York. RSAC Sandbox, April 25th in San Francisco, California. The T2 2023 InfoSec Conference, May 4th in Helsinki, Finland. Clackycon, May 5th in Durham, North Carolina. B-Sides Knoxville, May 12th in Knoxville, Tennessee. Moving on to Lockpickers United Belts, we have one new belt to announce, and that is a new black belt for Dependent Quarter 577. Congratulations to you. Uh, He picked four black belt locks, the EVA 3KS West 917, Dom IX Twin Star, and the Miwa U9. He also made several cool challenge locks and impressioned an unguttable American lock to complete his quest. So congratulations to you, Dependent Quartet. Very well done. And don't forget to check out his video on the journey from white to black. And for anyone not already familiar with the Lockpickers United Belt system, you can find links in the show notes not only to his video about his journey through, but also uh, links to the official rules and a few videos that explain the system in detail and how it works. So be sure to check those out. Over at Speedlocks, we have a new world record for the Kryptonite 6-pin 63.5mm padlock that was set by Pandafrog, and that was in 9.44 seconds. We have a first record set for the Abyss 5530 by Cord in uh, 16.355 seconds. So very well done to both of you. And at this point in the show, it's time to take a quick break, say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. I'll start with the financial supporters. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Terrell, aka Anthony, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltoon, Mog, John Lock, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, Barebones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lockpicker, Snake, Paracentric, and John R. Chief content producer for this episode was again Anthony, aka Terrell. Other content producers, Barebones Lockpicking, Correct Jeans, Dependent Quarter 577, iFisk, Jeff Moss, Joshua Gonzalez, Lady Locks, Oak City Locksport, Panda Frog, Rain, Tequila Dave, The Lockpicker 1969, Tiger Trav, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you for your support. It is very, very much appreciated. And the show would not be possible without all of that support. So if you value the podcast, please help keep it going by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information. Anything you have that's Locksport related that you think the community would like to know about, send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. You can also help by sharing the podcast with your lockpicking friends, leaving a review, comment, thumbs up, whatever the platform of your choice allows. Don't forget to subscribe on at least one of those platforms. 
And if you want to help financially, you can, definitely not required, but you can do that through PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. If you support the show with a donation or information I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes, just like the people I mentioned a little bit ago. And now we'll move right into criminal news. First up, we have police recover Nooseville love locks removed from bridge with bolt cutters. This is out of Australia. Queensland police have recovered about 30 padlocks of sentimental value that were cut from a pedestrian bridge at Nooseville over Christmas. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, name wrong, but that's what it looks like to me. Residents took to social media to express their surprise and anger when they noticed the so-called love locks had been removed. A member of a community group online shared a photo of what looked to be the culprit. It was taken on Christmas Day, and the woman was pictured holding a bolt cutter. Noosa police confirmed that they had spoken to the 42-year-old woman about the incident, but did not plan to lay any charges. Locks have been recovered, but are damaged, of course, being cut off with bolt cutters. And it is understood they would remain at the police station for residents who wanted to retrieve them. The article also touches on some of the problems caused by love locks here. It says that between 2008 and 2015, romantics flocked to the Pont de de Arts bridge in Paris to leave a small token of their love before throwing the padlock key into the river. In 2013, however, sections of the guardrails began to buckle, and by 2015, close to 1 million locks had accumulated, weighing about 45 tons. The sheer weight had compromised the structural integrity of the bridge, forcing the French Capitals Council to take action. Locks were taken away, and any left since are swiftly removed. In the same year, 20,000 locks had to be cut off Melbourne's Evan Walker Bridge. Locks had been clipped to the bridge's railing, causing the cables to sag. However, in this particular case, the Noosa Shire Council said it has no plans to remove the locks from the Nooseville Pedestrian Bridge. A spokesman said that the Shire conducts regular assessments of all public infrastructure, including the pedestrian bridges, to ensure they meet safety requirements, and they don't see a problem yet. The next story is out of Malga, Spain. Criminal mastermind who stole luxury cars for drug smugglers was arrested. Uh, Police have rearrested the criminal mastermind of a gang who allegedly stole luxury cars on the Costa del Sol and sold them to drug smugglers soon after his release from prison. It says that police clued in on the connection between the sharp increase of four-wheel drive car robberies and the man's recent release from prison. Says officers caught him red-handed as he got into a stolen car to drive it. Judges had set him free on the condition that he would not commit the same crime in three years. Investigators said that the gang busted last June carried out robberies at residential complexes. They would use high-frequency sensors to clone the opening frequencies of garage doors. Then they would disconnect the car alarms and break in using corkscrews and lockpicks. They started the SUVs with sophisticated key cloning techniques, and to stop them from being tracked, they would disable their geolocation devices. After leaving them in cool-off locations for some time, they would sell them to drug smugglers for about 6,000 euros each, and this particular suspect is scheduled to stand trial soon. But it does say that they actually used lockpicks, at least in some cases, for breaking into the vehicles. Moving on to sales. First up, we have a new code for bare-bones lockpicking. 
You can use the code FLUR10, F-L-U-U-R-R-R-10, for 10% off Barebones lockpicking through February 28th. Then we have 3DLockSport.com, 10% off if you use the code LSCAST10. Then over at Southord.com, you don't need a code. Just use the uh, provided link to the sale items page or the cosmetically blemished page, and you can save money that way. If you're shopping at Law Lock Tools, you can use Review Guru's link and code, and you find that on his Twitter post. I will have a link to that in the show notes. That will give you 10% off. Over at Mako Locks, there's a standing code for 15% off if you use uh, Buy Mako. And at uklockpickers.co.uk, 10% off if the code GIFT is used. And over at uh, Covert Instruments, looks like they have several items on sale as well. So you have just have to check their main page and look for the blue icon that says Sale. Moving on to giveaways, we have Lockpicker 1969's Locksport Bundle Giveaway. It includes a Locksport t-shirt, 25 different designs to choose from. Uh, several different sizes to choose from. There are other items included in the bundle that you can uh, find out if you watch the video. You also have to watch the video to figure out how to enter. The giveaway ends February 11th, so be sure to head over and check that out at the link in the show notes. I understand there are some giveaways that happen over on the Picking Time live streams, um, so you can head over and check those out, link in the show notes. And CLK Supplies does a weekly giveaway, their hashtag LockBoss giveaway, and of course, link in the show notes for that. And that brings us to the end of another episode. This one probably a little shorter than most. I appreciate you listening. I'm going to try and get the Locky Awards nominations up and ready for this week and uh, go from there. So thank you all for listening and for your support. Please remember to vote in the Locky Awards. Um, I know I do a terrible job of promoting it here the last couple of years, and I really need to do better. But thank you for your support, and remember to keep it legal. Go!